Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. This week, we have part two of that codependency episode from last week's discussion with Leah Bruget. And I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing the rest of our incredible discussion about codependency and learning how to combat it in your life today. So without further ado, enjoy the last part of that codependency episode with Leah Bruget. disaster (laughs) (laughs) which I kind of feel like that's really what's been going on with a majority of the world right now I got especially America right now good night the polar the polarization that's happening and speaking of individuality and not putting people in boxes I mean I feel like the recognition of differences and not you know, not allowing people to be who they are because, well, this is who, this is who I say that you are. So you can only be this way because Mm -hmm. that's how, that's how we look at you. So therefore this is who you are. And how much of a tragedy is that? And how, I mean, and for, for those that are finally coming out and being like, no, that's not who I am. This is who I am. You know, and this isn't just with the uh, persons of color community, but also the transgender community and, you know, the different sexual uh, orientations like you, you can't put those people in boxes and expect them not to try and get out because you can't tell them who they are and expect them to just glom onto that, you know? And I feel like that is like so much so with even just in very small, like in your own relationships, but there's also this broader scale that's happening. And that's the reason why I wanted to talk about codependency so bad because I see it in not just like the smaller scale like with my friends who like oh this is my other half this is you know the the oh my my most favorite is my better half and I'm like oh man what <laughs> like well it's like I mean think about Jerry Maguire just mm, the simple line of you, you complete me off. yes <laughs> oh no she was doing just fine she was a single mom mm-hmm had a job, had interests, and she left with this weirdo who, like, <laughs> tried to coerce her into leaving a job with insurance, and she had a kid, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm, I've had enough of this bullshit right now. I'm leaving. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> oh, yes. So, and that's, and that's another part of it, too, is, like, people don't really... And maybe that's just like, maybe it's just the fact that it is so new. It's only 10 years old that we've even had a name for it. And, you know, people are starting to recognize that, you know, I, I can be a whole person on my own. You know what I mean? I don't need somebody else telling me that I need to be this way to be acceptable 
or that I can be the completion of another person if I do these things, you know? Right. I mean, how much yeah, better would it be to be happy on your own and find somebody else who is equally happy, you know, and then you guys can be happy together in your own way? Well, it also creates a situation where you are not going down with the other person mm-hmm. on their emotional roller coaster. Yes. It saves you so much emotional turmoil because I have been through that mm-hmm. up and down, up and down. And it's like my my every move and my internal emotional um, compass was so off whack because I was I was so anxious about how this other person was feeling or you know, would they be angry at me or like, oh, I need to get home or this. Or that. It's just, it's nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. And it's I feel very nerve wracking. And if you are able to see yourself as a separate person in your own lane mm-hmm. and not cross that barrier and let their turmoil and their emotional struggles be their own, but be able to separately say like, I'm here for you. What do you need from me? Mm-hmm there's a way to do that with preserving yourself and your emotions and still being a supportive partner. Yes. Yes. Especially like with the whole concept of like putting up loving barriers. And when you say loving barriers, people automatically think, well, you're, you're putting up something between you and me. And it's like, that's not necessarily the case, you know, because I've, I've been through, yes, like this is, this is where I have to say no, you know what I mean? Because this is where I'm going to, this is where the line is for me. And, you know, that I feel like something, especially like, I don't want to say especially as women, because I feel like both genders are, are all genders are equal to having loving barriers. But I, I just coming from my own perspective, you know, as a woman and being in a situation where I, you know, I didn't have very good barriers, but being able to underst- understand the difference between creating an actual barrier between you and somebody else and having a loving barrier where you're just like, this isn't a loving barrier just for you, but it's also for me, you know, yeah. and having the, the independent love unconditional love for not only the other person but yourself to say i i i can't do that today that's that's not for me i can't do it you know what i mean and like you know that's the that's the whole that's a huge part of the solution for for breaking the codependent tendencies Mm -hmm. is setting loving boundaries and having self-love yeah. And those are two things that people struggle with so much. Uh-huh. And I don't know about you with your childhood, but my household, my dad was, he was the loud, um, angry person, mm-hmm. like very loud, very angry. And so my natural reaction with conflict and conf- was like non-confrontational, run and hide until things get quiet Mm -hmm. and then it's okay but no one ever really expresses emotions because oh my god we're walking on eggshells because we don't want to you know upset the grizzly bear so a lot of that transitioned into my relationship and dealing with conflict there and I didn't know how to set a boundary to save my life Mm. 
because I didn't even want to deal with conflict in general. I was like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. I want to die. And I just didn't. Yeah. So it's, and, and, and I didn't have the skills to do it. I'd never seen it mirrored or, or demonstrated in my own household. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like you, you don't have the skill set or the coping mechanism yeah. to be able to do that. And I had self-esteem issues too. So it was really challenging. I was just, I had the fear of not wanting to be alone and wanting to keep my relationship, but not being able to set boundaries. And eventually I got walked on and I lost myself. Mm-hmm. It's very, very easy to do because so many, see, think of how many of us um, more so now than before grew up in broken households. Mm-hmm. So many people. So many people. Yep. I don't, I think I can count on one hand how many people I knew. Not that I'm close friends with now, but just knew like maybe in high school that grew up in like a traditional, what we used to call a nuclear family where mom and dad were married, didn't get divorced, had a fairly healthy relationship like it doesn't hardly exist anymore yeah blended families that can you know recover from that and build healthy tendencies but a lot of times it's like there's a lot of damage that's done mm-hmm. in broken families and a lot of coping mechanisms that are lacking and a lot of self-esteem that gets damaged and these are all things that kind of feed into those debilitating patterns that we all drag into relationships. Yes. yes. Yep. Makes things very challenging. Oh my God. I can't even, yeah. It's it's unbelievable like how the the nuclear family or the concept of the nuclear family and I feel like this is also another reason why I wanted to talk about codependencies because of that another stigma or at least a um, expectation that's put on people who enter into a marriage, who choose that they want to marry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, it, it's almost like this, this contractual agreement that you've created with this person, which is essentially what a marriage is. It's just a contractual agreement that you have with another person that you're going to remain loyal to them and not, and you know what I mean? Not abuse them abandon them till death do us part you know what i mean through like they don't state any other reasons right through sickness and health yeah it's death only yeah that you can part yeah not abuse not not addiction mental abuse yeah abandonment yeah and my well my concept of marriage has drastically changed and uh there's a large part of me that doesn't believe in a lot of the traditional mm-hmm. concepts of it anymore. Yeah. Um, monogamy, I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. But the construct of marriage is slowly losing points. <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'm just imagining a tallying board with like points yeah. under marriage. and. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's, it's just thinking lower and lower. Yeah. Um, on my list of, of things that I value, but it's because most people 
have this this viewpoint and a lot of it stems from religion as well Mm -hmm. and a lot of religion is very old programming as Mm. well yes and these things that we live by and that we set our life to that are that are damaging as well because if you're in a marriage and you were taught and raised that you do not divorce no matter what happens Mm -hmm. and you need to work it out which a lot of people are told by their parents it's like well until when yeah yeah until I get physically harmed or until my children get physically harmed it's like there's and people have different thresholds yeah with things and it's 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 sad for me to hear that somebody will go through such tragic uh pain and suffering because they have this old construct that has been built into them from childhood that Mm -hmm. should not apply yeah yeah and they're they continue in this unhealthy situation because of old programming yeah and i think that is the key takeaway here i'm gonna plug in my laptop because i think it's gonna die hold one oh I got a cramp. Hold on. Okay. Holding. Holding. And good. We got juice. Okay. Yeah. The the old pro- old programming. That is like, I feel, the foundation of all of these issues. Codependency is a issue stemmed from old programming. Yeah. You know? And like, you know, in the instance of marriage or even when you're in a relationship, I mean, how many times have you looked at a homosexual couple and somebody asks, well, who's the pants or who's the skirt? And I'm like, what the, what is this right now? Like, why do we have to ask, what is that question? Why does anybody need to be a, a role of male or female? Like, why can't they be two females or why can't they be two males or what, you know what I mean? Like, why can't they be two non-binary people like having a life together that they're enjoying you know like because people have such a hard time coming out of those those binary constructs Mm -hmm. it's so it's like when you're a child and you're given barbies as a girl and gi joes as a boy it's just but think about how many people raise their children like that it's changing Mm -hmm. i mean lots of things have changed in the last 30 40 years yep yeah so that's good yeah progressing yeah I mean the whole the whole ideation with marriage and the the roles are changing completely I mean in my relationship I'm the one that goes to work and my husband is at home you know and I mean, obviously, that is something that we're working on changing right now just because I'm getting tired because let me just tell you, you know, because you are also a nurse. And I'll, I also have to point out that it's really amazing that you had all these issues with like conflict resolution and whatnot and, and being in conflict and you're a nurse manager. That's <laughs> like what you do oh, yeah. all the time. <laughs> conflict management, well... And service recovery, that's the professional term. Right. Uh, I love it. I don't get it. That's so amazing. (laughs) 
<laughs> because it's all it's all relevant to again how we were raised mm-hmm. and you have to you have to be able to identify and see that individuality in somebody and understand where they're coming from and understand their culture because everyone grows up in such a different culture yeah. and multiple yeah. cultures and you know maybe somebody is first second or third generation but there's still these values and traditions and ways that you're raised that all feed into how we communicate with one another and how we deal with conflict. Mm-hmm. And it's not in, it's not just in couple relationships. It's like relationships at work. Yep. Conflict is difficult between a partnership. It is way more challenging for people that work together. Oh my God. Yeah. Way more challenging. I almost feel like, oh my God, (laughs) we could have so many of them (laughs) and make for a really long episode. I mean, (laughs) I'm here for it, as my friend would say. (laughs) But yeah, I, um, let's see. So I want to read on here, who does codependency affect? And I know that we talked a little bit about like who it affects, you know, because you mentioned obviously in personal relationships so if you have like a a significant other that you're with or whatnot but it often affects a spouse a parent sibling friend or a co-worker of a person afflicted with alcohol or drug dependence originally codependent was a term used to describe partners in chemical dependency like you were saying persons living with or in a relationship with an addicted person similar patterns have been seen in people in relationships with chronically or mentally ill individuals today however the term has broadened to describe any codependent persons from any dysfunctional family now these ones um i really liked so um characteristics of codependent people. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is this is going to hurt. Okay. <laughs> this might sting a little bit you guys. I hope you're still listening to me after this. Hold one. Okay. An exaggerated sense of responsibility for the actions of others. Ugh. A tendency to confuse love and pity with the tendency to, quote, love people they can pity and rescue. Anybody else singing Coldplay in their head? I will try to fix you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rescue is a big, bright, bold red word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't don't be trying to fix people because they need to fix. People are not projects. No. Fix the your damn self before you fix you. You don't need to fix anybody else. Yeah, let them fix themselves. Yes, a tendency to do more than their share all of the time. A tendency to become hurt when people don't recognize their efforts. Oh my God, I've seen that so many times. Mm-hmm. Like I did this. Why didn't you say anything? Like why didn't you? Didn't you know? Or, oh, my favorite thing is like when someone comes in and they've gotten their hair done and they get mad when nobody watch, like says anything about it. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Case in point right there. An unhealthy dependence on relationships. The codependent will do anything to hold on to a relationship to avoid the feeling of abandonment. And abandonment is another whole huge thing. I mean... 
Oh, yeah. In every broken family, I think. I mean, and you can have abandonment issues from so many different things. I mean, it can be just one case in your life. Or my favorite, obviously, because I'm hella into anything spiritual and metaphysical, is you're bringing that shit from your past life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have this, because past lives are like this echo into your present. You know what I mean? And how you are, it's, it's those past lives are like little echoes of the reason why you are who you are because of all the things that you've done and you've encountered. And if you've had, you know, hundreds of thousands of years worth of, you know, being in issues in, in situations where you've been abandoned or, you know, people have died and left you behind, that can carry over and you don't really know why. You could be in a very mutually loving relationship, even have parents who are very, very loving and very supportive and have a beautiful situation and have these abandonment issues and you have no idea why. And I feel like that is a really interesting piece that doesn't really get talked about in particular. I think we need another book plug. Oh, yeah. Do it. Do it. What's that? What's that? Um, I'm going to have to pull it up because I can't remember the title off the top of my head. Well, there's two. Many Lives and Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. And then there's also Miracles Happen by the same author, Dr. Brian Weiss. And I've talked about him a few times earlier on in the podcast life. (laughs) Um, Because he was one of the main reasons why I actually started really diving in deep because I didn't think any of that was possible. And then when I read his book, I was like, oh my God, it is an actual thing. Like this is, this is like legitimate for real. And how many millions of people have healed from just regressing to one or more of their past lives and discovering that's why, like that is the reason why. What the hell? Interesting that a doctor, like a very Western medicine psychiatrist yeah. doctor, yeah, wrote that book. Yeah, that's the thing that gets me. First person experience <laughs> that he had. Yeah, very interesting. He was going about it in a very clinical way. Like he, he, this woman that approached him that was having all these issues. He was like, well, let's try this. Well, that doesn't work. Well, let's try this. That doesn't work. Okay, well, let's try hypnosis. And then she just like went into this regression. And it's like, oh, man, like, again, this is going to be a whole other episode. (laughs) Yeah, don't give too much of the book away. Because it is so good. So go get it, you guys, if you haven't read that book. Both of those books, Ask and It Is Given, and then Many Lives, Many Masters. Those are amazing books. I also want to plug um, Codependent No More Ooh, yeah. by Melody Beattie Ooh. because that is the book that I read um, during my Dark Night of the Soul. Oh, and it was very just eye-opening. I mean, it's very straightforward. It's old as dirt, but <laughs> it's like the go-to book that therapists will recommend for people that are codependent yeah. to help them break those those patterns yeah because and can we also talk about um how many empaths are codependent oh my god well it's so much easier if you think about it because how yeah. empaths naturally 
just take on other people's emotions and they don't even realize it. And so they come home and they have no idea. My favorite thing is when I wake up and it's a great freaking day and I'm angry or I'm sad and I'm like, why? What's going on? And then I find out, oh, one of my friend's fathers just died. Or, you know, somebody got into a huge argument with their other. And I'm like, God, can you it's my fault because I need to put up those barriers and like you know what I mean because and that's the loving barrier you love those people you love them you don't want to feel what they're feeling all the time like that's like so yeah the codependency I imagine is even worse with empaths yeah I think that I I think maybe again I'm not speaking out of any sort of expertise or research-based theories, but I imagine that empaths are way more prone to codependent tendencies Yeah, just because they're more prone to taking on other people's emotions mm-hmm. and problems. It's, it's a lot easier to get sucked into that. Yeah, big yeah. time. Sorry, I hope, uh, hope you don't hear my kid out there. She's losing it. I don't know. Not really sure what for, but it's happening. But anyway, so I think maybe this would probably be the time that we kind of wrap it up because I can I can already hear my husband cursing my name right now. <laughs> but at any rate, like some of the other things are an extreme need for approval and recognition, a sense of guilt with asserting themselves, a compelling need to control others, lack of trust in self and or others, fear of being abandoned or alone. Oof, oh my goodness. Nice. I know, she's really having a hard time. Difficulty identifying feelings, rigidity, difficulty adjusting to change, problems with intimacy and boundaries, chronic anger, lying or dishonesty, poor communications, difficulty making decisions. So, I think the big takeaway here is if you think any of those things apply to you, it would be good to reevaluate your situation. And go get some self-help. Go see a therapist. Therapy is a beautiful thing. It is, it is a normal thing to do. Don't, don't believe the stupid stigma that comes with it. There, do what you need to do to make yourself whole. Be whole and be happy on your own. Yep. So anyway, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. This This was really, really fun. And hopefully we can do this again when my child is not losing it in the background. I would love that. And I hope that anybody listening will, if anything, feel like this is not just a problem with you. This is a widespread issue that people go through and learn about and become aware of and get through and out on the other side a better person and do the thing that's the important takeaway yes do the thing take the time for yourself don't let somebody else be more important than your own self-worth and love and unconditional love for yourself absolutely all right my dear we will talk again soon we will (laughs) thanks so much for having me you're welcome i love you so love you (laughs) bye bye Oh my gosh. Okay, so I was uh, so I got these new um, Sony like noise canceling headphones, mm-hmm. and I love them. I took them on the plane for the first time, mm-hmm. and I've never had like cool headphones before. The ones that like fit over your ears. Yeah. I was like, 
<laughs> I don't hear anybody else. Anybody. Oh my gosh. And I was watching a movie and it was like blowing my mind. <laughs> you hear like, so you actually hear like the random crickets in the fields. Yeah. Like all the steps being taken that the actors are taking. Ooh. It was awesome. <laughs> but I, I mean, my, my nice little headphones, super professional. Yeah. Rose gold. Rose gold. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that pretty much covers this awesome subject of codependency with my awesome co-host <laughs> for the day, Leah Berger. And I hope that you guys really enjoyed the topic today. And I hope that you guys keep listening. And if you think that this will help somebody that you love or that you hold dear, please feel free to share this episode you can totally do that. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you think, you guys. And I hope you guys have a really beautiful week and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Until then, love and light to you all. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.